0: Welcome in, it is Brewers Weekly. Doug Russell in for Matt Pauley. For the next hour here on WTMJ. Coming up tomorrow, it is the Arctic Tailgate. Actually, the Arctic Tailgate event itself. As in, you can buy your tickets. That's Saturday. But because Brewers fans are what Brewers fans are, and I say this with all the love in the world, you guys are nuts. Again, I am one of you. I say this with love. But you guys are crazy, going out there and you know freezing your tukuses off in a tent at Miller Park, starting at noon tomorrow. You can't buy tickets until Saturday, but there will be people that are out there. There will be fans that are out there, and God bless you, because this is what makes Milwaukee so unique. This is what makes. Milwaukee so special because even when the Brewers weren't all that good, kind of in between, you know, the, the the run in 2011 and then the run in 2018, and really, you know, it started in 2017 when the Brewers were really the surprise of Major League Baseball, coming to within a game of getting to the postseason, this quote unquote rebuild that was jump started before anyone thought it would be. You guys were still packing Miller Park. You guys were still going two and a half. 2.6, 2.7 million fans. Last year, over 3 million fans. will be another 3 million uh, going through the turnstiles at Miller Park again this year. No other market in the world, I think, supports its teams better than what we have done here in Wisconsin. And I, absol- I mean that with all of my heart. The Packers were terrible for 20 years, and you still pack Lambeau Field. The Brewers... They've had their ups and downs, and right now they're, they're on a high. But even when they weren't, you still went to Miller Park. So tomorrow you get to Arctic Tailgate, or at least the kickoff of Arctic Tailgate. I'll be out there all afternoon. From our sister station, 94.5 ESPN-FM, uh, Homer and Gabe, they will be out there. We'll be just inside the hot corner, you know, where Friday's Front Row Grill is. We'll both be broadcasting from out there. I'll have Sports Central from 6 until 9, Homer and Gabe show from 3 until 6. They'll also be doing uh, afternoon sports on Wisconsin's Afternoon News from out there from 3 until 6 uh, as well. Stop on down, say hello. Steve Cafeti will be out there. There'll be some Brewers luminaries that are out there. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about who's going to be out there yet or not. I, I don't know will be. It'll be worth your while to come on out and say hello. We'll put it that way. Uh, this is, of course, Brewer's Weekly. Coming up in just a few minutes, I want to talk about expectations. What are your expectations for the 2019 season? The first workout was today. Is it premature to talk about expectations? Yeah, probably. But it's still a fun thing to do. And on the anniversary not the anniversary, but on the occasion, I should say, of their first workout, I want to talk about what your expectations for this Brewers team are in twenty nineteen. But first, uh this morning on Wisconsin's Morning News, Tom Hodecourt from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel had a chance to post up with uh G Miller and Scott Warris, who was sitting in for me so I could sit in for Greg and then set in for Matt. You get the idea.
1: We've heard how fantastic this uh, Brewers Complex, the redone Complex in Maryvale is, but uh, a lot of questions about this ball club. Most positions are set. Where do you see the biggest glaring need that needs to be uh, filled, the biggest question that needs to be answered as spring training begins?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest competition will be uh, in the starting rotation. Uh, there's, you know, there are five guys are going to emerge. Five out getters, as they call them, are going to emerge. Um, there's probably seven, eight, maybe nine guys. You know, that are going to get good looks. So, how that shakes out behind you know, Yoli Shaffi, I think it'll be the probably be the most interesting thing of camping. You know, there might be another relief spot or two to be had, but you know, we pretty much know the guys that are going to be out there, especially the key guys. So. Uh, and then you know, there's not a ton of positions to be won, um, and, and they're all on the bench except for maybe second base. You know, right now it looks like it could be a, a shared position, but we'll see who shares it.
3: Hey, Tom, it's Scott. What should what should be? We were just debating this before we had John. What should be appropriate expectations for Jimmy Nelson right now?
2: Uh, get him on the on the mound in the big leagues at some point this year. You know, I know he, his goal is to make the team in camp, but, you know, this is a guy who hadn't pitched in September of 2017. So get through camp healthy. Um, I know they're going to be cautious with him. He's probably going to have to go pitch somewhere in the minors and get his feet, you know, back on the ground. But we'll see. You know, he, he's a very aggressive guy. He's feeling good. He threw a bullpen the other day and said it felt great. So, But I, I think expectations should be cautious. Until we see what he does, let's, let's get him in a game and see what it looks like throwing the hitters. And then, you know, maybe they'll have a better gauge of what what can come.
1: We're live with the Journal Sentinel's Brewers beat writer Tom Hodd record on WTMJ. As spring training is getting underway, pitchers and catchers reporting yesterday. The bigger issue around all of baseball is free agency. Big names still on the shelf. And a lot of Brewers fans go, hey, why don't we spend some money? Get this guy, get that guy. Everybody's spitballing. Why What's going on? Are the owners finally just realizing that they can't throw uh, dollars around like, you know, they're, they're, they're dimes?
2: Well, I do, I do think it's a new day of analyzing financials and players. And, you know, we, you, we've we talked many times about how modern analytics uh, has sort of taken over the game. I was talking to one old diet-in-the-world baseball uh, person recently. He said... He fears that in modern analytics, nobody's grading out good. (laughs) And that, uh, therefore, they don't want to spend a ton of money. And if you're in your 30s, you're certainly not as coveted as you used to be. And uh, that's a real problem for the players because a lot of them don't get the free agency until they're right around 30. So they're probably going to need to figure out some new financial system. In baseball, but the CBA then come up for three years. So I, I don't know what the answer is to that, unless somebody forms a new team and signs all these guys.
3: Bryce Harper and Manny Machado obviously get a lot of the headlines, but there's still a pitcher out there in Dallas, Keuchel, Tom, that is very intriguing. And I know in January there were some reports and whatnot that maybe the Brewers were on a a list of his or vice versa. Um, What is your take on Keuchel, and uh, might we see some wheeling and dealing by David Stearns even now that spring trading has officially begun?
2: Yeah, we're still waiting for the first big pitching contract from Stearns. I think that's an indication... That we might still be waiting for, maybe for his entire term as general manager, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't seem too interested in spending a ton of money on pitching. Um, you know, they spent fifteen million dollars for two years on um, Chassin last winter, and that sure looks like it's paid off well. You know, he was their ace last year, but uh, you know, we 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 talk to him all the time about how nobody likes the Brewers pitching as much as the Brewers like their pitching. You know, and I asked Craig Council about that the other day. He goes, Yeah, it was pretty shaky last year. We only won 102 games. <laughs> um, so, you know, they, they just view their pitching a lot um, better than most outsiders do. So, uh, it's um, we'll, we'll see. You know, it depends what the bargains become, too. You know, it's uh, if guys start, you know, really bottom lining their requests, their salary requests, then maybe they will sign somebody. But,. You know, and Keiko's a lefty. The fact that he's a lefty and with a track record and hasn't signed yet tells us something about the way baseball's being run. Now, lefties used to pitch as long as they wanted to.
1: Into their 50s, practically, yeah, they <laughs> so could pick up a baseball. <laughs> Turtle Settle Brewers beat writer Tom I record joining us live on WTMJ. Tom, thank you so much. Thanks. i got to
2: get to the clubhouse early because it's so big it's in two different zip codes now.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: bring along your 10-speed bike so you can get from end to end. Take care. <laughs> That's what Tom Honderkort does, always leaves you with a zinger. I do appreciate, uh, of course, Tom and uh, the guys on Wisconsin's Morning News. I would have talked to Tom this morning if I wasn't here right now. But nevertheless, um, sleeping into 9.30 this morning, that was something else. I don't even know what that's like anymore. It was wonderful. can't even imagine uh, doing that on a day-in and day-out basis. All right, coming up next, what are your expectations for this Brewers team? They had their first workout today. Um. It's the first time that they've been on the field, organized since Game 7 of the National League Championship Series at Miller Park last year. They came within a Game of the World Series. The core is back. Now there are some additions and some subtractions. Yasmani Grandal is the big addition. There are some subtractions, certainly, in the pitching rotation. Um, Xavier Cedeno signing with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, he was a big part of their bullpen last year. Wade Miley, he's not... Uh, in camp with the Brewers anymore he's elsewhere um there are other players that uh you know mike Moustakis is still a free agent he's still out there so Travis Shaw will go into second or go into uh spring training as the third baseman could be moved over to second base if Moustakis and the Brewers come to terms on a deal but I, I don't know if I would call that likely but as we sit here today on February 14th One workout into the season, what do you, Brewers Nation, expect from this Brewers team this year? 414-799-1620. Again, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Just kind of taking the pulse of Brewers Nation for a few minutes here before we're joined by Lane Grindle uh, at 835. Here on Brewers Weekly. Doug Russell in from Matt Pauley. It is Brewers Weekly. Your phone calls coming up next here on WTMJ. 821 here on WTMJ. It is Brewers Weekly. This is a theme song from somewhere, isn't it? Oh, from uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. That's what that's from. Ashton's looking at me like I have a third eye right in the middle of my forehead. Trust me on that. That's the uh, theme song from um, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver on HBO which I think is, by the way, coming back uh, on Sunday. Just so you know. All right. Um, We're talking about the Brewers and what your expectations are for this upcoming season. Uh, Again, this was a team that a year ago came within a game of the World Series. Some additions, some subtractions. The biggest addition is Monty Grandal. I don't know what the biggest subtraction is. I guess it's Mike Moustakis, but it's not like he went into the season being a part of the Brewers' core. He was a deadline deal. He was a guy that... Gave it the the Brewers some experience, certainly, in the postseason. Nice left-handed bat. plays his good third base. Still a free agent that's out there right now, but I guess maybe he's the biggest subtraction. Gio Gonzalez had some nice starts for the Brewers down the stretch as well, but again, he was an in-season addition as well. 414-799-1620. Uh, again, 414 799 on the accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, Lane Grindle from the Brewers Radio Network will join us live in uh, about 15 minutes or so. Eric is uh, driving around tonight. Eric, thanks for hanging on. You're on WTMJ. Yeah,
4: you know, I think the, the, the season, I I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the World Series, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they end up in third place. <laughs> because I, I think that, you know, they got hot at the right time last year, uh, but there was a, a time they you were know, not... From the end of the season and mid-August, where it looked like they were just going to completely tank out, and I'm I'm just concerned that uh, you know that the the record and and how they did you know was was not completely indicative of the entire season last year.
0: You know, last season they were a team that really they caught fire after the All-Star break. I mean, they started. I mean, they were always kind of there. And then they wound up running away with it. Christine Yelich uh, started hitting the cover off the ball, and they were pretty much unstoppable after the All-Star break, which is a, really a reversal of fortunes of what we've seen over this Brewers team over the last, I don't know, 15 or so years when the, when they are good. Then at the end of the season, they fall apart. Well, they did the opposite last year. I mean, it was fun to watch.
4: My concern is that they, they have yet to put together a really, like just a, a full, consistent uh, season, you know, that, that they uh, – not that they have to be in first place the entire season, but uh, you know they they just uh, seem to go through these really uh, dead phases where they where they can't hit. Uh, the the offense is always uh, you know very shaky and inconsistent. And I think they they really need to uh, to just prove that they deserve to be there and um, you know just put together a, a complete season and and just make it happen.
0: They did win ninety six games a year ago. July wasn't kind to them. Thanks for the call, uh, Eric. Um, And I think one of the reasons that July wasn't very kind to the Brewers, I think they ran out of gas. And I I don't want to make excuses. I hate making excuses. But this was a team that played, what, 17 straight days leading into the All-Star break, and then they went into Pittsburgh. They had that five-game series right before the All-Star break, and they lost all five games. So when you couple that with The losses that they had prior to that, I think they got walked off at Miami right before going to Pittsburgh, and they lost that one. So you have this, what, six-game losing streak going into the All-Star break. Nobody's feeling really great about themselves. And then they come out of the All-Star break, and they play another 15 straight games. I mean, at one point, because of a rainout earlier in the season, the Brewers had to play, what, 21 games in 20 days or something absurd like that? I think they ran out of gas. You see what happened in September— they had every Thursday off, and they were the best team in baseball. Again, I don't want to make excuses, but if you look at the season as a whole, maybe there are some—excuse uh, me—some mitigating uh, factors there. Thanks for the call; do appreciate it. Let's go to Frank in South Milwaukee. Hey, Frank! Thanks for hanging on. You're on WTMJ.
4: Yes. Jesus Aguilar third. Ooh. James at first. John <laughs> second. Braun and left.
0: Okay. Well, Braun um, does play left. Um, Domingo Santana's gone, so you can expect Christian Yelich and Wright pretty much every day this year. Aguilar at third base concerns me, though. That's a bad infield as far as defense is concerned. You've got Orlando Arcee at short, which is fine, but Aguilar at third, shot second. That's that's terrible defense, right?
4: Absolutely. But you know,
0: but good offense. What I suppose. kind of
4: offense you going to have if James goes back to his twenty seventeen numbers?
0: Well, but again, Eric Thames, I think Eric Thames had a great month in April of 2017. Beyond that, it's he hasn't been what I would call great. He's been okay. He's he's a good player. I like him. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. But I'm not sacrificing Jesus Aguilar and and third base so I can get Eric Thames in the lineup every day. If you had somebody who could, you know, rip 40 home runs over at first base on a consistent basis or 35 home runs on a consistent basis, I might think about that. But, boy, you're giving up a lot of defense, Frank.
4: Absolutely. And Craig Council is the type of manager that would do it.
0: Well, we will see. We'll see what uh, happens when things uh, break at camp, and whether or not Mike Moustakis is back in the lineup as well. Look, I think that Travis Shaw was better at second base than anybody thought that he was going to be. Is he ever going to win any gold gloves? No. He's not going to win a gold glove over a third base either. But he's certainly not going to win one at second. But he was okay over there. He was passable over there. But on a day-in and day-out basis, am I going to sacrifice... You know, really what you could do at second base, so you can get Eric Thames in the lineup every day and put Jesus Aguilar at third. I I don't know if I'm want to do that. I to me that giving up a little bit of defense is one thing, giving up a lot of defense in the infield, to me, is something else. Appreciate the call though. Let's go to John and manage walk. Hi, John. Thanks for hanging on. You're on WTMJ. What are your expectations for this season?
3: Doug, thanks a lot. Doug, thanks a lot for taking my call. You got it. I, mean, I expect I expect the Brewers to compete just like they did last year. And people can talk about their pitching rotation and then not adding pitching. People can talk about them not adding a second baseman. But you said it earlier when I was listening before I called. They're going into spring training basically with the same team they went into spring training with last year, unless you subtract. Um, I don't remember who you said, subtract one guy, and it wasn't Mustakas. It certainly wasn't Gio Gonzalez. But uh, I, I think people's expectations should be high, minor high. Um, and uh, I, I disagree with the caller. He had a couple callers back when he said last season was, you know, I don't know if he said it was a fluke or they didn't play consistently all year long. Most winning teams don't play consistently all year long. They They win 60, they lose 60, and then they either – play poorly of the other 60, or they win the other sixteen. the Brewers did that last year, and I expect them to do it this year as well.
0: Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. And uh, look, I mean, th- were the Brewers a little bit inconsistent last year? Sure. They still won 96 games. Somebody explained it to me one time, to John's point, um, from Manitowoc, our last call. You, you play for as many thumbs as you can win. W- what does that mean? Ashton's looking at me like, again, that whole third eye in the middle of that. Okay, so you take your hand. Doesn't matter if it's your right hand or your left hand. If you've got, assume, let's assume you've got five fingers. You take two, you're gonna win all of those games. Every team, from the best team in baseball to the worst team in baseball, you're gonna win, or you're gonna lose two of those games out of the five. Take the other two, you're gonna win those games. So, out of five games, you're gonna win two, and you're gonna lose two. How many thumbs you can win? How many of those final fingers that you can win? Final games in that set of five that you can win? That spells whether or not you're gonna win the pennant or not. That spells whether or not you're going to be a winning team or not. The more thumbs you can win, the better team you're going to be. Because, look, nobody's going to win 120 games. Nobody's going to lose 120 games. It happens very rarely. Once in 100 years, maybe. the The Mariners in, what, 96, they won, what, 117 or something like that? Ashton's going to look it up because my math is shaky and I need to be fact-checked on a regular basis. The point is though, it happens so infrequently. 2001. See, I do have to be I do have to be fact-checked very regularly. The 2001 Mariners, 116 wins. Thank you, Ashton. It was way out. I had the team right. That's that's all I had right. But they didn't even go anywhere in the playoffs. So even if you do win all of those games, it doesn't mean that you're going to automatically win the World Series. It's so rare that a team is so far off of that norm that, look, you're going to have your ups and downs over the course of 162 games. The Brewers had some downs in, January, or in, in July, and they had some major, major ups in September. So there, that's baseball explained in a nutshell. Win as many thumbs as you can. Coming up, Lane Grinda will join us from the Brewers Radio Network. Uh, Also, uh, still to come, we will check in with the president of business operations, Rick Schlesinger from the Brewers. This is Brewers Weekly. Doug Russell in for Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Coming up on 835 here on WTMJ, it is Brewers Weekly. Doug Russell in for Matt Pauley got a couple of texts to get to at some point uh before we exit the proceedings as well also the president of business operations rick schlesinger uh will join us as well but first we check in uh, from arizona i i don't know uh is lane Grindle uh from the brewers radio network are you in arizona yet lane i'm not yet i'm actually in the dells right now oh that? well happy valentine's day to mrs Grindle.
5: yeah well uh and and all four kids <laughs> um we're we're doing the water park thing it's kind of an end of the off season little celebration for them so so yeah it's, uh we're we're up here and then uh, i'll i'll be down in arizona uh into the week next week a uh, couple of days before the first
0: broadcast so very nice looking forward to it yeah definitely Absolutely. um so we, we just asked our listeners uh on uh, Brewers Weekly, what their expectations were for this Brewers team. They had their first workout today at the new Brewers, I'm sorry, it's uh, American Family Fields of Phoenix. You, you get it. Yes. Yeah. It's it's alliterative.
4: I've been
5: practicing that in the mirror, like, just to get myself <laughs> used to saying it, right? Right. Um, just because, it, I, you know, for, what, two weeks we had Brewers Fields of Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was kind of getting myself up, you know, up on that. You're going to have, see, there's still going to be this tendency to want to say Maryvale, because you're in Maryvale, right? But um, now the ballparks are fields to Phoenix, it looks uh, outstanding, I can't wait to get down there and and, and check it out, I know I'm going to get lost the first couple of days, but that's going to be part of the fun.
0: Let me ask you this, though, I mean, you've been around to the uh, Cactus League parks, how bad was Maryvale? I know you haven't seen the new one yet, but um, all... Uh, reports are is that it's if not the best certainly one of the best but when you compare Maryvale the old Maryvale to what some of the other complexes look like how did, how did it stack up
5: well I think th- there's two parts to that conversation Doug the first part um, when you're talking about the at the actual facilities and the, the ability for the team to get the work done they need to get done uh, the ability to 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 have a nice clubhouse where these guys can can enjoy their time there and not be, um, you know, they had some space at the, in the old Maryville clubhouse, but they're gonna they have a lot more now. Um, but uh, and they're also gonna just have better, just an overall better situation. It's nicer. There's more TV. There's a better situation there. But uh, when you start talking about the the, the whirlpools. And, you know, the therapeutic pools, you start talking about the weight room and uh, the improvements there and um, the access to the agility fields and everything else that that comes with it. Um, This is such a significant upgrade. And it was behind. Uh, Maryville was, was behind in that regard. I mean, the weight room, the old weight room there was not up to standard. For what you would want a major league baseball team to, to, to utilize from a training standpoint and now that's all not just up to standard it's it's well beyond it's 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 first class it is cutting edge it's it's probably past um, most of the other teams in the cactus league in that regard the actual stadium itself, um, I felt was always fine. Um, I think for um, for the Brewers, it works out pretty well, to be honest with you. And they didn't make a lot of changes to the actual stadium. Um, there's some new seating. The, the benches are gone in some areas. They put some new windows in the press box. There's a new scoreboard, which was definitely needed. That was probably the one big improvement that I would have said it needed. But I think overall... That that worked very well for the Brewers, and I think they you know they put some paint on it, they widened the concourses, they did some things like that to it. But for the most part, the integrity of that stadium is still the same, and and that's that's for good reason. It probably didn't need um, you didn't need to blow that up and and start over from a stadium standpoint. I think it's it's the right size and it works well for the Brewers.
0: Lane Grindle from the Brewers Radio Network joining us live here on WTMJ on Brewers Weekly, live from the Wisconsin Dells. He'll be headed down to uh, Arizona shortly. Our first uh, spring training games, believe it or not, begin a week from Saturday. Um, we were just talking to our listeners in the last couple of segments about expectations about this Brewers team. What is a fair expectation for a team that, yeah, some guys aren't back, but Yasmani yeah, Grandal is, but again, most of the core of this team is returning to a club that came to within one game of the World Series a year ago.
5: Well, I just think because of the way the postseason is, and there's so much in the postseason you can't predict, um, That uh, for, for me it's always just about getting into that postseason and then seeing what happens from there. I mean, how many times have we seen a wildcard team make a run to the World Series or win the World Series? We've seen that. Um, so for me, expectations are get to the next step right get to the get to the postseason and see what happens and i think that um it's going to be natural for people to say look they were a game away from the world series last year take it one step further get to the world series this year but that's hard to do i mean it's hard to it's hard to stay healthy it's hard to have the ball bounce your way as consistently as it needs to there's just a bunch of things that have to go your way um to get yourself into the world series it's it's uh, only two teams get to do it and only one team from your league does so um, I, I think that's what this team's shooting for. I think that's what their goal is is to get to the back to the postseason and hopefully get to the World Series and and and, and win a ring uh, when it's all said and done. But uh, I think realistically for the fans, you, you want to be competitive. You want to contend in the central and you want to have a shot at the postseason again because once you get to that point, kind of all bets are off. And uh, the game plays differently as we saw last year. I mean, the opener once, and Craig Council, I thought, probably didn't get talked in- enough about. I thought for a guy that had not managed in the postseason in his career, he looked like he'd been doing it his whole life. I thought he really managed the Brewers incredibly well in that postseason uh, and uh, set the Brewers up to-, to get to where they did.
0: What is, what's the biggest storyline that has to be answered? What's the biggest question that has to be answered before the team comes north?
5: Well, I think for me, I, I'm very curious in how this rotation looks when they when they head north. And that, that that may be one of those things that's not totally answered at that point. I think it's going to be a fairly fluid rotation, as most are, really. I mean, when you start thinking about it, I mean, you got guys that struggle and get sent down, and you got guys that get hurt on the aisle Remember, it's the IL now, not the DL. Yes. (laughs) But, um, I, I, so, so most of the time rotations are fluid, but I think this one's legitimately, I mean, there's just, there's so many bodies that could factor into this rotation. And who knows? Maybe the Brewers still add another one. I don't, I don't know that they're going to, but, um, that's probably not out of the question yet either because there's still some names that are still floating out there that haven't signed. But, you know, you start talking about what's Jimmy Nelson going to be able to provide you. Is Corbin Burns going to be a part of this rotation? Is Brandon Woodruff going to be a part of this rotation? And are they going to stick in this rotation? Or are they going to be you know, up and down because they have options? Um, those are things I mean, I think Gilday Shasin, pretty safe bet. You can pencil him in. He was a workhorse with 192 innings last year. Chase Anderson, where does he fit in? Where does Zach Davies fit in? I think Junior Guerra is going to fit in more from a bullpen standpoint. But I, I think seeing how that comes together is really interesting to me. And then the other part is, What's second base going to look like? I think, um, you know, there's still the shot that Mike Moustakis ends up at the hot corner and Travis Shaw ends up at second base. But if Mike Moustakis isn't brought back, Shaw's at third. And do you go with the platoon at second, or is there still another name out there that the Brewers look at? Um, That's what's kind of weird about how the offseason has gone the last couple of years. It's gotten backed up so much that you're still asking these questions sometimes the first couple of weeks of spring training because there's still guys out there on the market that could maybe help your team that you know and you figure the front office is at least kicking the tires on.
0: Ah, but there's always a storyline for us to talk about, right, Lane?
5: That's right. That's, that's <laughs> what makes it interesting, too. That's, it's kind of fun for us, I think. Probably not as fun for the
6: players. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, Lane Grindle joining us from the Brewers Radio Network uh, on his uh, Valentine's Day with the wife and kids up at the Wisconsin Dells uh, as they kind of wrap up their off season, and uh, of course, Lane headed down to not Maryvale but the uh, American Family Fields of Phoenix very soon lane we appreciate the time thanks for carving out a few minutes with us
5: hey doug always good to be with you thanks so much for having me
0: absolutely there you have it lane griddle there he goes from the milwaukee brewers radio network all right coming up in just a few minutes we'll check in with rick schlesinger the uh, president of business operations for your milwaukee brewers as well a couple of things going on i want to talk about the arctic tailgate which is coming up tomorrow well it's I guess kind of kicking off tomorrow, can't buy tickets until Saturday, but you people, you're going to be out there, and I love it, I love the fact that Brewers fans will camp out on a February night to get tickets the next day, I don't know that that would happen literally anywhere else in baseball, I think that's fantastic, I also uh, have some texts to get to you uh, as well, I wanted to ask Rick, um, because I think he's in Phoenix right now, uh, as a matter of fact, what the fans can expect when they go down to the new American Family Fields of Phoenix as well, because I know a lot of you guys like to go down to spring training as well. It is Brewers Weekly. Doug Russell in for Matt Polly. This is 620 WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues for this Thursday night here on WTMJ. Doug Russell in for Matt Pauly, who is on assignment tonight. Joining us now, he's the new president of baseball, or I'm sorry, of business operations uh, for your Milwaukee Brewers. By the way, Rick Schlesinger, congratulations on a very, very well deserved promotion.
6: Thank you very much. You almost gave me uh, another promotion when you said baseball operations, but uh, we have David Stern, so I, I think we're a good there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, one of the things, you're down in Phoenix uh, right now, instead of joining us here in the wonderful Midwest weather, I guess that's one of the perks of being the president of business operations for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, but it's not Maryvale. It's in the same spot that Maryvale was, but... It is uh, now American Family Fields of Phoenix. You've had a chance to kind of see this from its inception to its opening. Tell us what fans can expect when they go down there and, and also what it means for the team.
6: Yeah, I think it's it's really transformational. Doug. If, for fans that have been coming down to, to Maryville Baseball Park for the last uh, you know twenty years, they're they're going to enjoy a, a really new, refreshing change. And you know the main entrance now is home plate gate. And instead of coming all in right field with that bottleneck, you have a you know main entrance home plate gate. It's very expansive, a brand new retail store, brand new LED scoreboard, wider concourses, new concession stands, uh, new seating. Uh, everything's been you know polished and painted and and all the things like that. And then for the players, obviously. Uh, a major transformation of the clubhouses, sports science, uh, offices, uh, clubhouse, uh, weight room, batting tunnels, uh, you know, pitching mounds, and agility field. It's really an amazing, you know amazing experience and amazing facility for our players
0: in terms of where it stacks up against everyone else in the cactus league uh, i know that for some time you guys had kind of talked about wanting to upgrade maryvale i don't know how serious discussions were with moving out of the former maryvale baseball park but you guys sunk a lot of you know the brewers own money into this operation why was it so important that this gets done
6: Well, we did fall behind. You know, our complex, you know, at the time it was built back in 1997 was, you know, a nice, uh, complex. But in the past 20 years, even with some upgrades, it fell behind the standards of the other Cactus League teams. And it was clear that we needed not only uh, a renovated, you know, ballpark experience for our fans, but a complete overhaul of all of our, you know, spaces and fields for our players. And again, the most important thing to remember is it's not just used six weeks of the season for the major leaguers. We've got minor leaguers using this you know, seven, eight months out of the year. We've got people doing rehab. It's, it's a full year-round com- complex and it's used 12 months out of the year. So it needed to be upgraded in a major way and $6 million is a major upgrade.
0: All right, Rick Schlesinger, Brewers President of Business Operations, joining us here on Brewers Weekly. Uh, one of the other reasons that I wanted to talk to you tonight, Rick, was because the Arctic Tailgate, which is coming up Friday and Saturday, tomorrow and Saturday, uh, out at Miller Park. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to join us uh, for that out in the freezing cold outside of Miller Park. But it's such a great time because, you know, you've got, that's, that's Brewers fans at their grassroots coming in and getting the tickets that they want.
6: Right, you know, obviously, with the fact that tickets are available online, the you know the the need to wait in the cold and line up is not as you know necessary. But clearly, fans love it, and again, we can have people lining up starting at noon on Friday. And the only thing I, I tell people is, if the temperatures are projected to be you know below 10 degrees, for the safety of everybody involved, we're not going to let people stay overnight. So hopefully. Uh, you know old end weather keeps those temperatures a little warmer the forecast is sort of on the bubble so we'll monitor it and obviously give an announcement what we're going to do but you know the big day is saturday 9 a.m you know individual tickets go on sale so fans uh will be able to line up and get tickets for all their games there'll be some opening day tickets not a lot uh but uh some opening tickets will be available to fans and starting at 9 a.m who come into the uh miller park you know ticket lines but uh there's a lot of good games, a lot of Cubs games, a lot of bobbleheads, a lot of great action, and, and hopefully uh, you know, we're playing deep in October this year.
0: Well, they played uh, deep uh, in October last season, and I know this offseason's been a little bit shorter. I guess that's a good thing uh, for the team, but what has been the response from the fans wanting to get season tickets, wanting to just be part of the Miller Park experience this offseason?
6: Yeah, as you would expect, Doug. You know the the interest of our fans, not only in tickets but all things Brewers, is really at sky high levels. And again, we have great fans, and they were very excited to see us get to within one game of the World Series last year. And I think we all have unfinished business both both the team, the executives, and our fans. We we want to get to the next step, and I think the team is built to do that. And and so there is a lot of excitement. We we are seeing you know you know major milestones being passed. Uh, with ticket sales from groups, from season seats, partial plans, and I expect uh, when the tickets go on sale individually this Saturday, we'll see you know some really great surges of people wanting to buy tickets. So I always say this: this, this is true. You know, get the tickets early; otherwise, you're going to find out that some of these games are just not available.
0: And you mentioned that fans are able to start lining up at noon tomorrow. What's the craziest story you've ever heard of a fan or a group of fans coming so early, camping out at Miller Park? Are, are there some that come every year and make it a family event, a friends event? What are some of the things that you've heard over the years?
6: Well, I will tell you. Before we institute a rule that you know we people couldn't line up before you know the day before, we we literally had fans coming here on the Tuesday before the Saturday. So they were camping out in line in cold temperatures for several days. And, you know, they're, they're getting their, their beer, they're getting their, their food, but it, obviously we, we had to put some restraints around it because it's just, you know, there's a level of safety. Uh, we don't want any fans, uh, you know, sacrificing their health uh, or their jobs to the lineup to get tickets. But, you know, one thing about fans in Milwaukee they are they're hearty, they're they're excited, uh, they dress appropriately, but again, if they come at noon on Friday that's you know early, we'll have plenty of opportunity to line up and again, I just warn fans that if it gets too cold or the prediction is for too cold the temperatures on Friday night, uh, we won't want fans to line up and we'll make an announcement
0: and certainly will be out there as well. I'll be out there with Wisconsin's Afternoon News and then Sports Central uh, from 3 until 9. Homer and Gabe from ESPN Milwaukee. Uh, they'll be out there from 3 until 6 as well, so come on out and say hi. Get your Brewers tickets again starting on Saturday, but the party really does start tomorrow. Rick Celestin, president of Bre- uh, Business Operations for the Brewers. He joins us here on Brewers Weekly. Rick, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy the sunshine. I know it rained down there the last couple of days, but uh, I'm sure it's going to, as, as I told you before we went on the air, it's not like you need to shovel rain out of your driveway so enjoy the time that you're down there thank you doug thank you there you have it rick schlesinger there he goes president of uh, i keep wanting to say baseball operation president of business operations for the milwaukee brewers some of your texts coming up next as we continue on brewers weekly here on wtmj Last couple of texts that have rolled in. Uh, Mike in Colorado writes, Doug, I expect the Brewers to compete and win the division. Anything less will be a big disappointment. And Davis from Kenosha writes, I don't want to set my expectations too high, but I 100% expect them to make the playoffs again, whether it's winning the division or a wild card spot. Let's admit it, the Cardinals did get much better, but the Cubs didn't. Yeah, Goldschmidt's now a Cardinal. (laughs) So they will be tough. How far we make it into the playoffs, I don't know, but I definitely expect them to be there. Thanks, Davis in Kenosha and Mike in Broomfield colorado for joining us on the text line thanks to rick schlesinger lane grindle tom hodricourt ben Golliver, uh for joining us on the program thanks to ashton rotman on the other side of the glass clark howard is next good night everybody talk to you tomorrow